All right, folks, I have Sharon Doherty on the show today. Um, I met this lady down at the Fitness Expo in the Clannery, and um, we got chat talking to her, and I kind of asked her about her sort of background and how she got into the health and fitness industry, and um, she's a lady that's accomplished quite a bit this <laughs> I would say um, she's stage two cancer free now, six years. She's a, she was a teacher before. Now she's like a yoga teacher. She's a meditation teacher. She's an author. So I thought her story was really interesting and I think would impact quite a lot of people. So that's why I've asked her to um, have a wee chat with me today. And so we can talk about her past, how she kind of got to where she is today and what her vision for health, fitness and wellness and how she wants to impact people in that sort of area um, and the importance of it. So, Sharon, um, yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> thanks for uh, taking the time today to have thanks a chat brilliant. with me. Yeah, um, cool, great. You, can you sort of introduce yourself and give a little bit of a background on where it all sort of began for you with regards to getting into the health and fitness industry yeah sure Seamus it started for me six years ago um, at the age of 37 I was diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer um, I was on a career break from school um, I'm a secondary school teacher and I was just about to head off to um, South Africa to join the clipper around the world yacht race to do the southern ocean leg of the race so that was for the full month of November sailing from South Africa to Western Australia. I was really looking forward to it, had all my training done, all my money saved, which wasn't easy. Um, um, I'd found a couple of lumps myself earlier in the year, like you're talking maybe nine months previously, and I, I ignored them. Um, and I just started on the contraceptive injection um, because I didn't want that hassle when I was doing all my sailing training and everything and on a boat and, and everything else. And so um, I, the lumps appeared sort of just after I started back on, on the contraceptive injections. And I ignored them because I had a little benign cyst before. I didn't think anything of it. Um, that was about the September, October time. And by the May, I kind of said to my GP, because they'd gotten quite big, I could feel a couple of sort of lumps and they were quite sore if I, if I lay on them. Mentioned to my GP and he referred me for um, a mammogram and a biopsy. I don't have mammograms anymore because I just think self-checking and ultrasounds are safer. I don't like the radiation in mammograms, but that's me personally. Yeah. Um, and so I went and had the biopsy on the Monday, um, was given 17.8% chance of it being cancerous. Uh, I got the phone call then on the Wednesday to come in for results on the Thursday. And I thought, oh, that's a bit fast. Um, but, you know, I wasn't, it was fine. I, I kind of, I knew the lumps were pretty big and they were sore. So it was something that I was kind of aware that it was a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, I'd been previously, uh, well, very briefly, I, I lost my son when he was four days old, um, 15 years ago. Um, I'd had a, a quite a large duodenal cyst removed, um, a benign cyst removed from my stomach. Um, 
five years after that, then a, a hernia repair operation a year after that. So I'd, I'd been through a lot. Um, school was really busy and I was a real stress head. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I was drinking strong coffee, getting a, a mug of strong coffee, insomnia coffee, going to school in the morning. Jittery, nervous, not knowing why I was nervous, really, really busy, flat out, working till 11, half 11 at night, not getting enough sleep, opening a bottle of wine in the evening, having a glass of wine in the empty stomach when I was coming home from work. Uh, when I came home from work, you're not allowed to drink at school. <laughs> 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 they don't approve of it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I knew I, I hadn't. I knew I hadn't been really looking after myself and I knew I'd been too busy and, and too stressy. Um, and a real perfectionist, I was, I'm still a bit of a perfectionist, but I, I let stuff go a lot more easily now than I used to. So when I actually got the diagnosis, um, I wasn't surprised, um, to be honest, but it kind of threw everything out. You know, my plan was to go sailing. And so the doctor had said to me, he said, well, you know, you'll be back next week to start your chemo. Um, the following couple of weeks, she'll have a lumpectomy, um, and and I, I looked at him and I said, oh, I can't come back next week. I'm going on holidays next week. I said, and I'm not having chemo. And by the way, I'm I'm going sailing for the whole month of November. And honestly, his reaction was priceless. If I had called his mother a tramp, he wouldn't have been more startled. He just looked at me, and he looked at the nurse, and he looked back at me, and he held his hand up, and he just went, "Speak to the nurse." <laughs> okay so I spoke to the nurse and I said look I'm not coming back next week I'm I'm in England next week on holidays um and she's like all right well you know when you come back come back in and with more tests to do uh, so I went and I had my holiday and I didn't really think about it you know I had the diagnosis and I knew that and yeah. at that stage I had decided I was going to go ahead and do the race because I hadn't taken out the extra insurance. I'd said to somebody um, about the extra insurance for the Clipper race. It was four or 500 pounds extra for this insurance if something did happen to you. And I mean, for me to do the race, it, it was about 15,000. You know, it was a huge amount of money for me that I was just going to lose. And also not just the money, I wanted to do that race. I wanted to go sailing as part of that Clipper race, you know. Um, and uh, so. I had decided I'd just go ahead and do, because I still felt okay. I was tired. I was very tired. That is one thing I will say. I had been sort of working out, um, and then it got to the point where I was just tired, you know, a lot of the time. But apart from that, I didn't, I didn't feel bad. Um, yeah. But somebody said to me, you know, you're taking a massive risk doing that race. And I really stopped for a second and I thought, yeah, actually you are, you know, it's, it's a tough race to do. The Southern Ocean's tough. Um, so I decided to, to, to have the, the um, mastectomy, it turned in then to mastectomy. Um, uh, so, but by taking my time, I was able to do a little bit more reading and research and, um, you know, uh, which was important. Uh, how quick was the the time from whenever you found out you had a you got this the 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 the, the, uh, the mastectomy the mastectomy yeah so I well I could have had it I could have had it sooner but yeah. I booked my holiday so I found out I was diagnosed on the twenty second of August and I had the mastectomy on the twenty fifth of November 
I could have had it sooner, but I, I went to, they let me go to South Africa and have my holiday anyway, because I had all my flights and accommodation all booked yeah. in South Africa. So I went out to South Africa and had um, about a, a week's holiday or 10 days holiday. Um, so it was August, September, about three months, three months after diagnosis, I had the mastectomy in the November. Um, and then I had final reconstructive surgery in the March. And then just a month later in the April, I discovered that there was a space on the, um, one of the boats coming back from New York, the homecoming leg of the race. So I was very, very lucky in that I was able to, to fly out then to New York. But it meant that I just had my last surgery in the March. So I, I had a, quite a, a good bit of work to do then. So I suppose that I, I got a PT and did a weight program with me that I could do just at home, just with three weights at home. Um, mm -hmm. to start to strengthen everything. Um, I just started eating really well, started slowly going out for out running um, and, and was, yeah, fairly good good shape um, when I joined the, the boat. How did the crew support you as well? Was that, were they, well, yeah. obviously, were they aware and, and stuff and how did they react? Yeah, I was originally supposed to be on the Dairy London Dairy Dura boat um, and they were lovely. They found out they sent me a big bunch of flowers, the skippers and the, and the crew got together and sent me a bunch of flowers. I went out and I saw them in Cape Town um, and the day the boats all sailed off was the day that I flew home then to start the whole um, operations procedure. Um, so it was obviously, it was very disappointing that I wasn't getting um, to do that Southern Ocean leg of the race. But I was on a career break from school, you know, and I was in really, really good form. Um, yeah. I, I was in really good form. I, I just, there was stuff that had to be done. And then I, this is when I started the whole reading. I did a lot of reading then, a lot of research. I would spend hours, days, I spent years on my computer researching. And the amount of stuff that I didn't know, the amount of stuff that I thought, oh my goodness, really? I, I was just baffled by the amount that I, I was completely unaware of. Um, and lots of simple things like, you know, the importance of, of taking sea salt or rock salt in your diet. It's essential for us. I thought salt was bad for us. So I just completely, I didn't take salt yeah. at all. And it turns out, yes, table salt's bad for us, but sea salt and rock salt are essential for us to be healthy, contain all the, the, the right ratios of minerals that we need. Yes. So um, that's just one very small example. And then one of my best friends said to me, look, I don't have time to do all the reading that you do. Just give me the bullet points. Yes. Well, that's actually a really good idea. Look, just put the bullet points into a little book. And I love photography. I'm into photography. I always have been. And I, I've gotten into flower photography. My mum has lots of flowers in the garden. So I combined the two. So it's a, it's a little booklet. Um, or it's a, a little book. Um, that is just a succinct points for every page of little things that we can do to be healthier. Yes. Um, so, and that was published then. I got that published myself just um, in June of this year. But yeah, so flew out to New York and it's fun. Yeah, so two days out of New York, I was watching um, dolphins. There were dolphins in the water. And so when you're on the 70 foot racing yacht, um, and I was watching the dolphins and I ran forward to, to see, get a better view and didn't notice that the hatch was open at the front of the boat and fell straight down the hatch. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know. Could have been a lot worse. I could have banged my head and, and been gone. Um, but I cracked three ribs um, on the second day out of New York. Um, 
and I just got a lot of ice packed on around my ribs um, and that kept the inflammation and the swelling down and the bruising down. I didn't bruise at all, but that slowed the race down for me. That was, but I, I kept going, you know, painkillers, unfortunately, but uh, it was <laughs> amazing. You were still able to kind of help out the crew and everything? Yeah, or I what, still what did. I, yeah, I still did everything that I had to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I, I didn't go up. I wasn't allowed to go up the bow um, and be in the rough waves and, and pulling on yeah. all the heavy sails. But everything else that had to be done, yeah, I went I went ahead and did, yeah. Oh, um, you nice. sound like a person who, like, there were, there's never a moment now talking to you that you feel like, that it comes across like you feel sorry for yourself or you know that uh, like you were in a bad a bad mindset no. about things you kind of just went on and you just says well i've got a holiday book i'm gonna go on it i know I'm i know sure i'll come back and get it sorted it's you know a hundred percent yeah yeah i think you know i think there's a massive big fear around the whole cancer issue and it is if it's not taken seriously it, it it will kill you it's as simple as that yes but being scared and 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 i think fear is created and fear is created unnecessarily by lots of different um, areas like even even organizations that say they're out to help they still push the fear side of things because fear you can't think straight when you're scared or when you're in that fearful mindset um, and I just read something this morning, actually, or I watched a, a video. And if you, whenever cortisol is released in your body, so that's your fight or flight, one of your fight or flight stress hormones, your um, emotion, your ability to think clearly is reduced straight away by 50% when you're running on cortisol. So you're not thinking clearly and you can't make um, informed, logical decisions. So no, I, I'm really lucky in that I don't panic easily anyway. Um, and I didn't let anybody else sort of around me, everybody, everybody, like my family, my parents, my sister, my best friend, and I, it was all, look, it's absolutely going to be fine. There's lots I can do. And it's, we'll just keep going and I'll look after myself. But I've made a lot of changes. And so this is when the big changes in my health and fitness kicked in because I chose not to have any of the traditional treatments after the mastectomy. Um, so I knew I never wanted chemotherapy. Um, radiation I had to do a little bit of reading about because I wasn't I didn't know enough about it and then I thought no do you know there's no safe level of radiation so I'm going to stay away from that yeah. and then the the hormone drugs which basically put you into menopause and at 37 there was no way I just seen my mum <laughs> go through it there was no way I was going through that um, and that creates a whole other host then of problems with your bones and your heart and, and just your general health. And I thought, no, no, none of this is for me. Now, I gathered a whole team of angels at the bottom of my bed as well. Honestly, the conversations that we used to have was like crazy. People think I'm mad. But, uh, um, and no, it was just a case of keep going. But because I, I wasn't taking those treatments, I had to make the big changes myself. So yeah. that's when the nutrition really kicked in. So that's when, and I used to begrudge spending money on food. Um, and now I don't care what it costs. I buy as much organic fruit and veg as I can. Um, there's a clean 15 and a dirty dozen list from the Environmental Working Group, EWG, fabulous website. And so anything on that list that they consider most pesticide covered fruit and veg, I just buy organic. It is expensive though. 
Okay. So a little tip for viewers could be if you can't buy organic because it is extremely expensive, you know, it's, it's twice the price of, of ordinary, ordinary. Yeah. wash your fruit and veg really well, put a little bit of either baking soda or vinegar into the water with it and that will strip off more of the chemicals. Um, Does that have to be in for a certain time or is it just well, uh, five minutes washing it just, there? Yeah, just, just you can steep it for a little bit, be careful with some of the softer fruits. Um, you steep it for or just wash it, wash it well, and that's the that's the best. Even warm soapy water, you know, just wash the stuff the best you can, and that. Okay. Um, but buying whole foods, like I don't buy anything processed at all anymore. I make all my foods. Uh, my snacks will be things like dates and oat cakes and um, vegetable sticks, nut butters. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a big change there and eating little and often every three to four hours a little handful of nuts nuts and seeds um eating regularly and often um i don't eat after my main yeah that, that keeps everything steady you know i don't eat after my main meal in the evening so that's yeah. an overnight fast so from about 7 p.m to about seven or eight the next morning. So that's your intermittent fasting, which is really excellent as well, because your whole body's starting to heal then when it's not digesting or food. So Yeah, you mentioned like you having a wee bit of protein with each meal and stuff as well, just to help with the aiding of repair. And yeah, yeah. And good fats. Fats, like we've this awful fear with fat. Fat doesn't yeah. make us fat. Do you know, fat is not a bad thing. Like eat, eat skin of the chicken with chicken if you're eating it you know don't be scared of that type of fat uh, um, avocados olive oil even butter like i don't use any spreads anymore so it's only butter whole, whole yes full, um, full fat full fat products no diet products ever at all um all the, the old wholesome foods that that we just don't eat as much of anymore so i brought all that back into my into my diet um and then then lots of alternative treatments. Um, you know, I went to India as well and did my yoga teacher training because I had been doing yoga and I love it. Um, so I spent the month of June 15 in, in India and did my yoga teacher training. And that's an integral part of my healing for sure. Because you're so in tune with your body when you're doing yoga. It's just you and your body and your breath. And you really yes. get to feel it and how it moves and how it works. And, and that's you healing you know so yeah you were saying like earlier um whenever you have to be a lot like very self-aware on how your schedule mm -hmm. and day is running like with yeah. regards to children or job and stuff and you'd have to be very selective of how you like even like your stressful teacher job yeah. right instead yeah. of going for um a 10k run or something like that a yoga session would do you 10 times more yeah. Than, than that that run basically yeah, so, yeah i think so i think if you've got a really busy job that you're active and you're on the go all the time then you don't need more activity in your system because while you're active you're not your your system isn't calming down you're not um getting all your happy feel-good hormones um you know and i yeah. think so if you have a very active life you need to to relax more and do like yoga or tai chi or um something more gentle but if you are, if you've a seated job, sitting so bad, and I even find that now since I've stopped teaching this year, um, and I'm sitting a lot more, my hips aren't, you know, I really have to be careful. You just feel yeah. it in your body, sitting so bad. Um, and I think our busy lives, we have to prioritize. And I'm getting so good now at going 
no, I don't want to do that. Actually, I don't want to do that. And uh, so you have to learn to say no. Uh, and that's just it. And then yeah. things and like... There's certain things in that scenario where people would feel obligated to to do something, and yeah. and it could be to meet up with a friend or something, but they have to rejig a lot to kind of make yeah. that meeting and, and stress about it. And like you were saying, like even things like that, um, yeah. it, c- it can actually build and and um, so for sure. I I used to always. You know, because a lot of my friends all have their families, I, I sort of was the one that did all the running to, to stay with them um, mm-hmm. and to visit them at weekends and everything. And I would be tired at the end of the week. And the last thing sometimes I wanted to do was drive an hour and a half or two hours to go and meet people. And I don't do it anymore. I have yeah. to say, um, and you feel bad. You can feel bad in one sense, but there's no point in making yourself sick just to do something that you think is a nice thing to do. You know, and that's that's a change of mindset because I think too many people, and especially working mums, I'm not taking against working dads. Working dads are fabulous too, and <laughs> but I think working working mums especially have this guilt thing that they think they they have to do more. You know, um, and there's no harm in just saying no. I'm tired. I'm sleeping. No, I'm tired. I don't have time to. Or no, I'm tired. I, do, I simply don't want to. I'm sorry, and that's just it. Yeah. You know? And how, what would you do to kind of get people to be more self-aware in that scenario to, which, like yeah. you said, about listening to your body, are you tired and stuff? But what sort of things would you sort of teach whenever you're talking to women and stuff? Um, so I think one of the, the biggest thing is um, stress. If I say to people, are you stressed? And if somebody had said to me six years ago, seven years ago, are you stressed? I would never have said I was stressed. Absolutely not. I would say, yes, I was very busy, but I would never have said I was stressed because we think of stress in a negative way. We think that we're not coping properly if we, if we say we're stressed and that's not it at all. Life is very, very busy, um, but the body doesn't distinguish between busy and stress. It's the same thing to the body, being very busy. If you're rushing, so if you're busy in the morning, getting everything out, you're rushing to work, um, you're rushing about in your job, you're thinking about the 15 other things that you have to try and do, you're juggling, you're trying to fit in a, a, a workout session, you're trying to eat healthy, you're trying to do, a, yeah. the body just thinks it's stress, the body just thinks, you know, there's too much happening, there's too much cortisol. Um, so the biggest thing for me, if I can get people, and so many people have come back and said to me, oh, I never thought of it that way. So if you can even just be aware that being busy is the same as stress, you're damaging your body the same way as if, you know, stress and being busy. So it is very damaging being too busy. Um, so that's one thing. Um, getting people to sort of prioritize and, and be able to say no to stuff. Priorities. Find out what your absolute priorities are. Make sure that those are done. And that also includes nap, rest time. Just rest where you actually stop. I don't think working women stop from the minute they get up in the morning to the minute they go to bed at night I don't know how many of them will actually sit down with a cuppa or sit down with their kids and watch 15 minutes of tv or sit down and you know even scroll through social media you know they're just always on the go and that's really bad you know we have to be scheduling and regular rest um, and breathing proper breathing and organizing <laughs> organizing themselves um yeah. I'm trying to think, um, like, I know even, like, I talk about me, my mum, my mum does so much, and she, um, you know, 
it's like she has to collect my brother or whatever. She mm-hmm. um, is making the dinner. She 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 might get yeah. out now and spend some time with her friends and go for walks and stuff, which is really good mm-hmm. and it's relaxing. Yeah. But then even even thinking about oh where you, even like weight loss and stuff, and they worry about oh I'm like like it builds up a worry that they're not where they want to be and yeah. Um, and it, starts a vicious circle and thought process as well just we simple things like that you know yeah i think i think we need the art of just letting go to a lot yeah. of stuff and um hundred percent yeah do you do any sort of meditation or any sort of yeah. sort of tricks or tips for people to kind of Learn to let go and to let the. <laughs> you know, it's I'm a, going to say swear word, but not give up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. There's a fabulous book I read. Actually, it's on my bookcase. It's called. Let me just move and, and see what it's called. Oh yeah, it's called Effort Therapy. Um, <laughs> uh, and it is good. And it's basically, it's basically that. Um, I think this the whole concept as well of like, see this whole ten thousand steps thing. Would you put that down? <laughs> you know, you you know. I think, oh, it's so hard because people need targets, and that's important because that gives yeah. you something to to uh, a goal to strive towards. But that also puts pressure on you to get those ten thousand steps, and then you feel bad if you don't get the ten thousand steps, and and that's when that feeling bad is what kicks off this whole other. I think there's another thing that happens in the body where that stress then or that annoyance you you hold fat you don't your your body isn't working properly so and you know uh, and that puts a different type of pressure on you which is equally you know unhelpful um how do and it's a whole like my mum said to me I said to them one time about flipping flipping the switch from negative thinking to positive thinking yes um, and it's so funny they, my parents were out they had an evening out not too long ago and um, I said to them the next day, I said, well, how did you enjoy your, your night? And I, I said them both separately. And one of them said, weren't too many people at it? And the other mum said, yeah, there weren't a lot of people there. And I said, that's so funny. And then I said, you know, did you enjoy the night? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, it was a great night. And I said, well, why didn't you say that first? Why did yes. you jump to a negative first? You know, you could have just said it was a fabulous night. Full yes. stop. Do you know? Or it yes. was a fabulous night. There weren't too many there, but sure, it was a fabulous night. And so we were automatically drawn to the negative anyway. Um, yeah. So flipping that, and so I'd said to mum about it, and like with any sort of practice that you do, it's over and over and over again, you have to do it. And I've had to do this for years now, where I flip from, uh, you know, if something's worrying me or I, I'm scared of something or I'm not, I don't, just flip it. Go, look for the positive, look for the positive, look for the positive, keep trying, look, for, but it's, you have to do it over and over and over and over. Yes. Um, I think you're very good if you can flip immediately. Maybe some people can, I don't know. It's been a practice with me. Oh, yeah. it, is. it does take you time. Know, Something like that takes it time, takes yeah. time. It does take time and it's a complete mindset change. But once you get there and once you kind of keep focusing on all the good things, negativity really annoys you and people who are constantly negative really suck the life out of you it does, 
you know yeah i agree so it's really agree. it's really and, and then you see it all you see it everywhere and you see all this negativity and then you oh, i get frustrated because i think oh my god don't don't look for the good look at the good look at all the stuff that you have to be grateful for you know yeah. and that that pulls me through days where i think oh this isn't working or that's not working or i'm not making progress with whatever and i think do you know what you got up this morning you got out of bed this morning you're able to do things you're living yeah. and you're alive and you're healthy and my god what else do you need really you know and not, a lot of people kind of don't uh, they forget how far they've come well someone like yourself mm. you know you'll have a down day but you'll you'll know mm. you'll you'll get those down days but just just to sit and think well jeekers I've, I've come this far uh, things aren't yeah. that bad or, yeah whatever. That's it. That's it. Um, tell me a wee bit more about this book then. Um, yeah. So the book. Where did that come about? Then? The you, book, you said yeah. you had your friends uh, working yeah. some bullet points and stuff, but putting it together so, and everything. Putting it together took a long time um, because what I discovered was that everything that you go, every statement that I make has a but. That's going to be the name of my next book. I told Mark, Mark Patterson that as well in his show. Everything has a but is going to be the name of one of my next books. Because if I say to you, okay, fish is very good for you. We all know that fish is very good for us, but not farmed fish or not fish that's too high in mercury or not fish that comes from lakes that are, that are polluted. So, yes. um, so every single thing that I went to research, um, I had to, check and double check and, and there's so many different perspectives like even this whole vegan thing at the minute I, I'm not vegan and I never will be um, but I eat good quality meat you know mm -hmm. I eat the only the steak that I eat is organic it's expensive I don't eat organic chicken I have to say but I eat more chicken turkey um, and so but people will say oh no well, you have to be vegan or vegetarian to be healthy and and it's such a, it's a controversial point and it's, you know, I know people who have gone vegetarian and are very healthy and are doing very well. Um, but so everything took a lot of time with getting the, the book that I was happy that the information was good for the general, general public. Yeah. Um, and it was originally 212 pages. And then I discovered that because it's full color um, and it's an unusual shape. Um, that was going to be something like 45 euro per book to, to print. Right. Which ob and that, so that was just a, a no-go. Um, so I had to go back to the drawing board and uh, I cut it back to the most essential. So it's 120 pages now of what I think is the most essential information. But again, so, and I, I love it. Um, it's, um, it's available, I suppose, for me. It's available in a few bookshops in Donegal and Sligo. Um, haven't put it into dairy anywhere yet. Um, you put it on Amazon. No, because Amazon dropped the price straight away. It'll be nine nine. It'll be two ninety nine tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so you don't make any money from Amazon. But the the point of the book wasn't making money anyway. Actually, it was information sharing. It was getting information out there. Yeah. Um, that that was important. But people people contact me on Facebook. I sent a lady in Mayo two copies of the book yesterday. Um. Because she'd she'd heard me speaking and uh, she bought a couple of copies for Christmas. So, yeah. So the books the books nice. Um, I'm happy with how it's come out and the quality and everything. And, and hopefully, 
Now go ahead. Yeah, hopefully, like it's, it's, again, there's lots of little things in it that we can do, easy, simple things, like switching from table salt to sea salt, um, like being aware of stress, um, like breathing techniques, um, it talks about essential oils and um, alternative practices like physio and uh, kinesiology and, and all these different things that we can try. And again, you can sit and read through the book and that's great and it's lovely and it's very pretty. It's lovely we copy people book. But if you don't actually implement some of these things and try to make those changes, then Watch. it's not it's not really gonna it's not gonna help people. So no. hopefully. Hopefully. Is it is it triggered a wee this little book triggered a little bit of a um like you wanna do more of these little books and stuff? Is it triggered yeah. something on you, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many things that I have found myself. So basically, I want to know now, right, how much vitamin C do I need in the day? And how can I get that from whole foods? How many, how many oranges do I actually have to eat? How many peppers? How many? Where can I get my vitamin C? How much magnesium do I need in the day? And where can I get that naturally? So that's another book that I love to write, that, I, that somebody can just open a book that has the basics. Because I've read a hundred different books. Like if I just pick up one now from my desktop at the minute, it's called The Calcium Life. Um, and an absolutely fascinating read. And it's all about how, you know, we've been misled into thinking that it's calcium we need for our bones. Um, and it's not, it's a whole range of things. Magnesium, D3. D. Absolutely, we need our sun. And that's yeah. a whole other kettle of fish, you know. Is the sun good? Is it not good? It's actually very good for us, but not if we burn. Oh, so <laughs> we're struggling here in Ireland with it. We're struggling oh, yeah. in Ireland. burn. Yeah. Oh, I know. We um. But the other thing is, because we're not used to the sun, we burn much more quickly. So it's much more dangerous for Irish people. The sun. Yeah. So melanoma is actually really on the rise in Ireland, unfortunately. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, where Wait, were we? <laughs> you want to kind of go into more more specific stuff like that down the line. Like this is where where's your business going? Where's your uh, where is it going now? Future? Um, I love giving wellness talks. I have to say that's I, I do these wee wellness workshops with women, and that that's lovely. It's um, it's you know we get to chat sort of more privately, and they can open up a little bit more. Um, but I'd love to get into like schools and into businesses to give them an hour or a two hour talk on just all the things that I've learned. Um, and I, so I love those wellness talks. I've had a few of them now and I've really thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, it's very hard at the minute. It's not, I'm finding it hard to get the audience for that and, and get, it, it will come with time. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure of that. Um, uh, I'm teaching yoga so that's just for just started this week it's a six week block now up to christmas and then we'll continue that and in, in next year as well um and so hopefully that will progress too and so who knows you know i'd love to get ideal world i get a book deal uh <laughs> and do you know so i'm flat out writing to, yes. oh it's not you know it'd be lovely wouldn't it you know um but it's uh yeah, just keep doing this health, this health and, and wellness and just trying to prevent. We have to prevent. We have to stop these statistics and their tracks now. We all, and something earlier on, Seamus actually meant to say, um, I think a big part of the fact that I got well quite quickly, um, because somebody said to me, oh, you had the mastectomy, so it was all gone. 
but that's not the way it works. Like I had the mastectomy, but the tumor that I had, it set up its own blood supply and it was feeding itself that it, it had gotten so far. Um, and so there were, there were cancer cells circulating in my body anyway, the whole way. So mm. having, the, having the mastectomy, it took the, the main tumor away, yes. But I think a big part of my healing was due to the fact that I really took responsibility for it. I was able to identify to me what were the main causes. Now, it's not always clear what the causes are, but I think we have to be very aware that like something like 80% um, of illness is due to lifestyle. And that's massive. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That means we've got so much control. And so I was able to say, okay, yeah, I've done this wrong. I've done that wrong. That was a mistake. I'll not do those anymore. And so healing then just sort of naturally follows. Uh, that's good. Yeah, it's and it's a it's a process, you know. It's uh, um, like yeah, I would say your your overall diet and lifestyle wasn't overly unhealthy, or as we say, wasn't um, anything against the norm, no. so to speak. No. And and no, arise, no. But, you know, it's, it, those simple wee changes just that's, took that's, you over the age it. where it helped you so much more. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't have been. You know. I was never a particularly bad eater. Um, I never ate much sugar. I was always into fruit and, and that. And I always stayed fairly active doing something. Um, uh, so from that. But stress was the, probably the biggest. Grief and stress. Definitely stress was, yeah. Too much coffee and too much alcohol and an empty stomach. But I still have a <laughs> glass of wine. still love a glass of wine. I still love a gin and tonic or a glass of champagne. Yeah, so... Yeah, and I still, well, I've come off coffee now this past sort of six or seven days just to see how it feels, but um, I still enjoy a nice cup of coffee as well. That's good. That's good. Because uh, um, um, there's a lot of links to it, like the coffee, just raising your heart rate, increasing anxiety, different things like that. And that but um, and there's loads yeah, of little things. Loads, loads. Yeah. I mean, like I, have you anything else you wanted to... The, the, I just want this to kind of go out and for women to maybe even just relate it in some way that there is light at the end of the tunnel if there is a diagnosis and things there that they're going through or dealing with uh, the loss of a loved yeah. one. You know, there's different ways to look at things. So yeah. I, I would say that even here now, hearing your story, things might not be all that bad, but ways to kind of cope with that and again again they can probably contact you uh, through social media and stuff um do you want yeah, to tell yeah. them where they can actually get in contact with you or find yeah, you so yeah so i suppose the easiest thing is through facebook um so if you got this health thing you so the name of the book is you got this um and so the web page is or facebook is you got this health thing and so they can find me there um, on Facebook and that's the easiest way to, to check in and see there's lots of videos up there about stuff that I come across and stuff that I do all the time um, information I share a lot of information that I think is useful for people um, and they can contact me directly there and buy the book through there as well um, so and then just yeah you know just reach out if they have any questions they can come and come and ask me as well and like what I have to say as well she was like I'm not a doctor I have no medical training at all I have a degree in psychology um, and uh, I'm a yoga teacher and all the rest, but I'm not. So this is this is just me from my from what I've been doing and what I've I've been learning yeah. and what's working for me. 
yes and then and again it's sometimes having all the certificates and stuff uh doesn't mean as much as having the experience of the experience. it and be able to relate and you know yeah. if someone did want to kind of speak to you and they may have friends or family then maybe you could end up doing one of those wee talks for them you know and yeah in a bigger crowd you know so yeah um that's where yeah, I would hope this would kind of snowball for you and so that you get sort of sort of some traction and, and getting your message out there and as I say like nobody's uh, you, you have to say that like you're not a doctor or anything like that no, but I mean no. yeah. you're just like a like a say like a mentor in a way yeah maybe yeah just um, I, I'd like to, and it's just it's just awareness of lots of, of little things you know yeah. and I think there is there's a kind of momentum building in this area, definitely for looking after ourselves. Um, I think we're really starting to be aware just of how much control we actually do have, because I think we never thought we had any control. And yes. I think there's still, there's still a bit of a notion that um, cancer, for example, or heart attack, for example, or diabetes, it just strikes you out of nowhere. It's, it's, it's just this malevolent thing that attacks you for no reason. You know, and you, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it kind of yeah. thing. And that's not at all the way it is. And I, I do know that people say to me, look, what's for you won't pass you. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. But it's like, no, we're, there's so much we can do to make sure we don't, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, and so for me, that's the big drive now is don't sit back and think, well, God, sure, if I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And that's, there's nothing I can do about it. Wrong. Yes. And there's so many fantastic stories. I did a, a course recently online called Radical Remissions. It's amazing. And the, the number of people who have healed them, taken themselves out of hospices where they're given days and weeks to live and are completely healthy 25 years later, beyond doctors' understanding. They just can't. And there's so many phenomenal stories. There's a fabulous woman called Dr. Terry Wald. She was in a wheelchair for three years with MS. She was a doctor herself. She had all the top medic medications that can be given in the States. And she decided, no, this isn't working, actually. Do you know, it's my responsibility. Changed her diet, lots of um, vegetables, good fats. And she's up walking, talking, giving her speeches, living her life. Fabulous woman, too. Yes. So many amazing stories. Um, and that's just, for me, that's really powerful. It's really hopeful. It's really, it's really great news. I like what you said there. It's about taking control. Like that, that, that's it. like you have, that's it. you have the, you, you have the ability to take control and ownership, yeah. ownership of your own, ownership. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 100%. And that's a hard thing to do because we sometimes don't want to say, yeah, look, I really messed up there. I really shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. And I look back at my life and I think, how did you not see it? How are you so <laughs> stupid? Do you know now, no one It's like, what did you think was making you jittery at work? You just had a strong coffee. How could you be so stupid? Yeah. And now it's all very clear and it's lovely. And I understand that. So even if somebody just, if, if there's little tiny things that people can just go, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, you know, this isn't a priority. Actually, this isn't a priority. Actually, it's mm -hmm. okay to say no. Actually, it's okay to just, even at work, like, oh my goodness, see work contacting you outside work hours. Stop, Do you know? <laughs> No, don't do yes. it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So anyway, lots of little things like that, Jimmy. There's loads. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Sharon, it has been an absolute pleasure to get oh, talking to you. It's been great. Thanks for having me. 
yeah for your stories uh, a really inspirational one so hopefully this will make an impact oh, out there and start the ball rolling for those wee seminars and stuff for you uh, brilliant Seamus thanks a million for your help um, I will so thanks thanks for and again enjoy the rest of your day and I'll I'll we'll, we'll be in touch over social media and stuff as well and we'll get this here right there alright super Thanks, Thanks, Sharon. Bye, bye, bye. 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 Bye